Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit this morning that you would speak to us. There's some incredible truths that you have for us in your word that we need to hear from you. Teach us more and more what it means to be in Christ, where you have placed us. When we place our faith, our trust, and hope in you, you place us in Christ. And in Christ, there are all sorts of wonderful, wonderful truths and benefits to us. So teach us, Holy Spirit, this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. One of the greatest needs in the life of pretty much everybody in this world, one of the greatest needs in every person's life is the need to be accepted, to be welcomed, uh, to know that you're not going to be rejected. People want to know that they're loved by somebody, and, and that's a fundamental need. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. And whether we admit it or not, the reality is that all of us carry deep within us just a little bit of shame. It's that incipient fear of being found out to be judged and be rejected when people really discover who we are. are they gonna, what are they going to say about me? Are they going to judge me? Am I going to be pushed away and, and rejected? Deep inside, there is this need to be loved. There's this need to be accepted. I mean, if you think about it, all of us in some ways feel a little inadequate, don't we? That I could be a little bit better. I could, and, and so the inadequacy is there, and that leads to one of the greatest fears that we have, and that's the fear of being rejected. And you know what? That starts at a very early age. As a child, you didn't get an invitation to the birthday party. I've been rejected. Or you didn't make the team in high school. Or your first love dumped you for another love. And you felt rejected. Maybe you didn't get the job that you really wanted. Or you got fired from the job that you have. Some of you know the pain of being rejected by a parent. Or rejected by a spouse. Rejection. We hate that. <coughs> and our desire is we want to be accepted. And so what do we do? We live our lives trying so desperately to please others and to win their affection and to make sure that we say the things that are right and proper and we do the right things so that we're not rejected, so that we can be accepted by other people. As I was preparing uh, for ministry in my college years and in the first couple of years of, of seminary, my dad, who was a great Christian businessman, a number of times said to me something that I thought was pretty curious, but now I know what he was talking about, okay? He said, Sam, there are two things that I would not want to be in life. I would not want to be a baseball manager, and I wouldn't want to be a pastor. Well, his thinking is pretty smart because you think about it, those two positions, and they're representative of other positions, those are positions where you serve at the will of the people. And if you're successful, all right. But if you're not successful, you can be let go. And so what, do you, what you find is that some pastors... Some baseball managers, some football coaches or whatever uh, will tell you 
that one of the greatest struggles they have is that and need to be approved by people. Um, those, that's a true statement. I mean, think about it. We're one week left in the baseball season. Starting a week from tomorrow, Monday, just watch how many baseball managers are let go. And isn't that a weird thing? We say, we're going to have to let you go. It's almost, I want to go and you're going to permit me to go. Isn't that an ironic thing? To do? Why don't we just say you're going to be fired, okay? You're going to be let go. Come on. You're firing me, okay? So, and think about it. I mean, three weeks into the season, USC fired their football coach. He wasn't successful. And so when you come to, when you talk to a lot of pastors, they're going to tell you one of the biggest struggles they have is that need for acceptance. You know, do they like me? Uh, are they going to let me stay? Or are they going to fire me because of something that, that happened and so forth? So for many in ministry, many coaches and, and others, they struggle with feelings of insecurity. And of course, our security is found in who we are in Jesus Christ. And, but that insecurity is there, and it's a struggle. And so people cope with it, and they do it by becoming people pleasers. We want to say the things that please people. We want to do the things that please people. Uh, all the time, maybe we have, sometimes have to bite our tongue because we really want to say something different. And yet there's that, there's that fear of being rejected, of not being accepted. Um, and that's true with all of us. Whether you're not a baseball coach or a pastor or whatever, anything like that, we all fear rejection. And so we continually seek to win the approval of others. You want to say the right things. You want to do the right things. You want to go around and smooth any kind of ruffled feathers that might be there. Uh, you want to make sure that everything is good so that they accept you because you don't want to be rejected. We crave acceptance. Here's the truth that comes out of that is the fact is that we carry this over into our relationship with God. We, we, we talk about, is God ever going to reject me? Uh, will He always love me? Will, will He cease loving me because I did something wrong or I'm doing wrong things? You know, what in the world can I do to make sure that God doesn't reject me? In other words, I want to be accepted by God. And what then is the basis of that acceptance? Is it something I need to do? How do, I be, how do I find myself accepted with God? Maybe there's some magical actions that I need to do to make God love me, to make God accept me. Well, I want to share some good news with you this morning. Because the Bible makes it very plain that acceptance and love from God are a fundamental part of our identity in Jesus Christ. We started last week talking about what does it mean to be in Christ? A word that's a phrase that's used 160 different times just in the writing of the Apostle Paul to talk about who we are in Jesus Christ, that we are in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and with that comes some great blessings from us. Last week we talked about that because God has placed us in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven and we are clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Well, this morning, I want to look at the fact that because we are in Christ Jesus, we are accepted 
by God. And we are loved forever by God for all of eternity. So we're going to talk about our identity in Jesus Christ. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. And this is from the New King James Version of the Bible. It says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, the King James Version of the Bible and the New King James, which simply took out the woodsts and the, you know, the ditsed and all those kinds of words and kind of put them in a little more modern English. They're the only two translations that use, that use this word accepted in the beloved. The other translations would follow maybe the, the pattern of the New American Standard Bible that says, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Um, and that's pretty representative of the way the other translations, NIV and so forth, uh, say it. The New Living Translation said, so we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. So accepted in the Beloved or freely bestowed on us in the Beloved, which one's correct? Here's the good news. Both translations are accurate. Both translations uh, really carry the, the weight of the Greek word there. The, the Greek term translated accepted can be translated to find favor with or have favor bestowed on us. So both thoughts are equally correct. In Jesus Christ, here in, in the King James Version, it called in the beloved, that's talking about Jesus Christ. It says in Jesus Christ, we have been graced. Graced. That is, God has poured out His grace on us. And in that gifting of grace upon us is the distinct understanding that God has, has been totally satisfied with Jesus Christ's death on our behalf. That is, God is totally satisfied with what Jesus Christ did for us to put us into favor with Him. And it's a complete satisfaction that there's nothing lacking in any sense of the word. He has graced us with his favor. He has totally accepted us in Jesus Christ. Now, what does that really mean? That God has accepted us, has favored us in Jesus Christ. I want to mention six really wonderful truths that will help us really understand what it means to be accepted in the beloved, accepted in Jesus Christ. Number one, I have become a child of God. It means I have become a child of God. John 1 verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Because God has accepted me, I am now a permanent part of God's forever family. Uh, I am a son, I am a daughter with all the privileges that come with being a daughter or a son of God. The Bible says we are now joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I have the distinct privilege of calling God my Father. So I'm a child of God. That's one of the things that it means to be accepted in Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. Second thing, as Christ's follower, <clears throat> he now calls me friend. Jesus calls me friend. Look at John 15, 15. 
Jesus talking to his disciples, and by extension, he's talking to us as well. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. One of the old hymns of our, of our faith makes the declaration, what a friend we have in Jesus. That is a tremendous statement to recognize our position in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> that he is our friend. Uh, to think about it, that we're never going to be alone, that there always is going to be one who sticks closer to us than an earthly brother or an earthly sister. And a corollary to that third point is, is the third point, and that is this. I have also been declared a friend of God. I've been declared a friend of God. Not only does Jesus call me friend, but Scripture says I am a friend of God. Look at Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 8. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I have a, a, a dear friend who doesn't like the song, uh, I am a friend of God. You know which song I'm talking about? I am a friend of God. Da, 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 da. She didn't like that song because she says it takes away, it's, it's disrespectful in some ways to the holiness and the majesty of God. And, and I understand where she's coming from. We never want to treat God as our pal, as our buddy, because he is so high and, all, and magnificent and awesome above us. And yet at the very same time, Scripture says, Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. See, the truth is that at one time we were enemies toward God. But now we have a friendship with God. We have peace with God. We are friends of God. <clears throat> a fourth marvelous truth that it mean, we're talking about as we look at this idea of being accepted by God is that I have been bought back to God with a steep price. I have been bought back by God at a steep price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 20. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The word for this is the word redeem or the word redemption. It means to pay a price in order to secure the release of something or someone. It, it connotes the idea of paying the, the required, um, whatever is required, that required fee, in order to liberate that which is under oppression or enslavement or any kind of other binding obligation. And so to redeem or to ransom us Folks, that's the very heart of the mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45 said this, For even the Son of Man, 
and that's the reference that he uses of himself. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came to die, and his death served as the ransom to liberate sinners from their enslaved condition. Um, We were enslaved to sin. We were enslaved to Satan. We were enslaved to our own sinful nature. But in Jesus Christ, we have been bought out of slavery. Jesus Christ came to set us free. Galatians 4, 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. So I've been bought with a steep price. That's a part of what it means to be accepted by God. And number five, it also means I am never separated from God's love. I am never separated separated from God's love because I am accepted by God. I'm loved eternally by God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Paul writes this and he says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things to come a present or things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to what he says. Nothing, absolutely nothing will ever come between you and God's love for you. Nothing, folks, will ever render you unacceptable to God because of your faith in Jesus Christ. You will never be unacceptable to God. Doesn't that make you want to shout glory? Absolutely. Nothing at all will ever separate us from God's love because He has accepted us in Jesus Christ. The sixth thing then that I want to mention is when we talk about being accepted in Jesus Christ and loved eternally by God, it also means that I have peace with God. Because I'm accepted by God, I have peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, a great, great verse here. Therefore, since we have been made right with God, how are we made right with God? Through our faith in Jesus Christ. We place our trust, our hope, our faith in Jesus Christ. God, Jesus makes us right with God. It says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You know, that's another, one of the great needs of the human heart. It's that need for peace in our lives. I need some peace in my life. Not, you know, turmoil, not strife, not anguish, not anxiousness. No, instead I need peace. Some of you this morning, here in this room, watching online, you have a great need for peace in your life. You know what I'm talking about. This just constant sense of turmoil in your heart, in your soul. And you need to just cry out to God and ask Him to give you peace. To cry out and say, God, I don't care what you do with my life. Just give me peace in my life. And you need to open your heart and you need to give yourselves in surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And let Him come into your life and change you and transform you. Because that's what God is in the business of doing. He will give you peace in your heart and He'll begin to make changes in your life 
that will be absolutely incredible. New speech patterns, new thought patterns, new behavior patterns in your life because you are have peace with God through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the verse that we used last week is kind of the basis for this whole series on identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 simply says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has, been gone, has begun. And this change that comes about through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ begins with God giving us peace. We're no longer at war with God. We're no longer shaking our fist in defiance against God. No, now we're a friend of God. Now we have peace with God. Friends, it is through our relationship with Jesus Christ that we're going to find acceptance and we're going to find love that we so desperately crave in our life. You know, that acceptance, that love um, is a gift that God wants to give to each one of us. The absolute assurance of acceptance before God and the intimate knowledge that we are deeply loved by God himself. That's a part of what it means to be a Christian. That's a part of what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is our identity in Christ, that we're accepted, we're loved. Now, the truths that we looked at, you know, being a child of God, being a friend of God, having been bought at a tremendous price, being secure in the knowledge that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God, um, and having peace with God, all of those are such great truths in our Christian walk. Why is it then that so many of us still struggle? Why is it that so many of us continue to struggle to find acceptance, to feel like we're loved by God? Why is that so? I think it's so because, folks, we are looking at things from a wrong perspective. We're looking at things from, a, from the wrong perspective. I mean, there really <clears throat> there are two fundamental questions that we're talking about here today. First of all, does God fully accept me? Does God fully accept me? Well, I hope by now you've seen the answer to that. That yes, we are accepted by God through Jesus Christ. God is totally satisfied with what Jesus Christ did on the cross on our behalf. Uh, so God does fully accept us. But the second question, if God accepts me, on what basis does he do that? What's the basis of our acceptance? And you know, <clears throat> in answering that question, we quickly find ourselves in a lot of muddy water that, that leads to a lot of confusion and anxiety and so forth. And the problem arises again because you and I have the wrong perspective. You know, if, if you think about it, here's the facts. God never changes in his acceptance of us. He never changes in his acceptance of us. Our acceptance is based on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, on the other hand, change frequently, right? I mean, we, we change all the time. And so, you know, we become aware of sin in our life or, or, or whatever, and immediately we think, well... I've blown this, so God probably has changed his, his acceptance of me. He, he's looking at me in a different viewpoint, different light. Uh, he's not accepting me anymore. 
we become fearful that we've blown it and that God will no longer accept us. And, or, or maybe when we find ourselves drifting away from God, we have this idea in our mind that, well, I'm going this direction away from God. Most likely God's going in that direction away from me. And, and he, there's distance that's coming. See, our perspective in this is this, that when everything is going well and God seems to be blessing us, then we feel that He loves us and accepts us. But if we stumble, we mess up, and everything seems to be dry and hard, then we think that God's love is distant and that maybe He doesn't accept us like He once did, that somehow, you know, there, there's, there's a strained relationship between us. What's our solution? Well, we just try harder. We ramp up the religious activity. We've got to do something to win approval to make God love me and accept me. Because we do that with people, right? You know, I, I don't think you like me anymore. I'm going to really work at it to get you to like me and be approved by you. We think that's how God works. Do you see what we're doing here? Our perspective is all wrong. <clears throat> we're reasoning from ourselves up to God. Uh, we've got it figured out, and, and we're expecting God to behave the way that we usually behave. So think about it. When, when somebody offends us, our tendency, first of all, is to become cool and distant to them, right? Even maybe withdraw fellowship from them. That's how we expect God's going to react when we offend Him, that somehow He's going to just distance Himself from us. But that's a wrong perspective. Instead of reasoning from ourselves to God, we need to begin, with, to begin with God and His Word and its application to our situation. God is faithful and He is unchanging. And He's resting His focus toward us, not on what we're doing or what we've done, but instead His focus toward us is on Jesus Christ and what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.24 Jesus personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. The Bible is very clear that we have been reconciled to God. We've been made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's death made us right with God. Nothing is going to change that status that we find ourselves in. That doesn't change. God's attitude toward us never changes. He loves us for all of eternity. He loves us with an everlasting love. That's the perspective that we need to have when we talk about acceptance from, from God. We're not looking at it from our viewpoint, but we're looking at it from God's viewpoint. And God's basis must be our basis when we talk about acceptance. And again, we're accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. In Christ's work, His redemption, His death, His resurrection on our behalf. And the fact of the matter is that God is fully satisfied with His beloved Son on our behalf. There's no reason for us not to be as well. We shouldn't, we shouldn't worry about acceptance. God is fully accepting us because of Jesus Christ. So we must learn to reason from God to ourselves. God's viewpoint, 
not our viewpoint. One writer put it this way. He said, when the Holy Spirit reasons with a man, he does not reason from what man is for God, but from what God is to man. People reason from what they, uh, they are in themselves as to whether God can accept them. He cannot accept you in that manner. You are looking for righteousness in yourself as a ground of acceptance with Him. Instead, folks, we need to rest in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that God has given to us in exchange for the sin in our life. He clothed us in His righteousness. We gave our sin to Him. And God removed it. And so we need to rest in the fact that from God's perspective, He has fully accepted us in Jesus Christ. And He loves us unconditionally. I gave you a memory verse last week. I hope some of you took the time to memorize that. Romans 8, verse 1, a great verse. The New Living, uh, excuse me, the New American Standard says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great verse? Why don't you read that with me aloud together? Romans 8.1. Let's read it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Folks, that's God's perspective on your life and on my life. God sees us as not condemned for all of eternity. So will you quit going around condemning yourself? God says you're not condemned. You and I don't need to, to, to throw in and think that we can condemn ourselves. Could I remind you, this is an important fact, folks. You and I are not on probation with God. You know, God's waiting for you to step out of line and He's going to throw you back in jail. It's not the way it is with God. Your past life does not exist in God's memory. Your past life does not exist in God's memory. He says, I will remember their sins no more. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us. In fact, that word is in present tense. Keeps on cleansing us from all sin. So, when God extends His grace, He does not take it back. Do you believe that? Rest in that truth. Rest in that truth. What did Jesus say in John 6, 37? However, uh, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Here's some powerful truths, folks, to help you to make it through every day. Here's your memory verse for this next week. It's a great verse. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Read that with me. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Doesn't that make you excited? Man, that ought to make your socks run up and down your leg. It ought to be just that kind of excitement in, in your life, okay? So here's some truths that I want you just to hold on to and to remember. From last week, this is the, this truth. Because I am in Christ, I am forgiven and I am clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus. And today's truth is this. Because I am in Christ, I am accepted and loved by God. Say that with me. Because I am in Christ, I am accepted and loved by God. 
several years ago, the contemporary music group Sidewalk Prophets uh, put out a, a song that really celebrated God's love for us. Even when we think that we're, we're doofuses, when, when we think that we just mess up continually, God loves us. And the bridge in that song said this, said, you know, talking about our, the sin in our life, I am the thorn in your crown, but you love me anyway. I am the sweat from your brow, but you love me anyway. I am the nail in your wrist, but you love me anyway. I am Judas's kiss, but you love me anyway. See now, I am the man who yelled out from the crowd for your blood to be spilled on this earth-shaking crowd, uh, ground. Yes, then I turned away with a smile on my face, with this sin in my heart, tried to bear your grace, and then alone in the night, I still call out for you. So ashamed of my life, my life, my life, but you love me anyway. Oh God, how you love me. Yes, you love me anyway. It's like nothing in life that I've ever known. Yes, you love me. You love me anyway. Folks, God's acceptance of us, His unfailing love for us, begins at the moment when you and I surrender our wills to God's will. When we open our hearts and say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. We confess our sin. We say, I've blown it. I've gone the wrong direction. I've tried to be my own God and it isn't working. Jesus Christ, please come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Live through me. When we do that, God accepts us. And He loves us forever. Can you look back at a moment in your own life? when you surrendered to His Lordship, when you said, I need you, Jesus, in my life. If there's never been a point in your life when you've done that, you could do that today by simply praying and saying, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need peace in my life. Whatever it takes, I need peace in my life. Let's bow for prayer. And right now, you need Jesus in your heart. Just simply say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've blown it. I know that I mess up over and over again. And I know I need you. I don't like the direction I'm going. I need your peace. I need your forgiveness. Please, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Give me peace with God. Give me the assurance of life with you for all of eternity. Help me to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you accept me and that you love me and that you will love me for all of eternity. I want to live for you out of gratitude for all that you've done for me. In your name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, God says that when we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He saves us. So if you prayed that prayer in earnestness, Congratulations, you're now a part of the family of God. He calls you His friend. That's what it means to know Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be in Jesus Christ. That's who we are, our identity with Christ. If you prayed that prayer and would like more information about how do you grow in your Christian walk, let us know about that on your connection card. You can just say, today I prayed to receive Christ 
uh, and I'll get with you. I've got a book that I'd love to give you on how to grow in your faith. For those of you online, just somewhere in the comments or on the connection card that you can access right there with a click of, the, of, your, uh, of your mouse, you can get to that connection card. Just say, hey, today I prayed to receive Christ and give us some contact information and we'll get with you. And we really want to help you to grow in Jesus Christ.